It is 7 a.m. on this Thursday, March 2nd. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright with you as always for the hour. Whether you're already on your morning commute, getting ready for your morning commute, coming back from Mass, getting ready to go to Mass, maybe getting ready to take the kids to school, wherever you may be. Maybe you're just getting a cup of coffee in the kitchen because you're not going anywhere, and I salute you. Uh, Let's begin our morning together in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show, we're going to visit with just an average, everyday, ordinary Catholic like you and I. But he has some things to say about Lent and about fasting that I think we'll all find encouraging. John Seeds is going to be with us later on in the program. And for our radio listeners... We uh, have some words from Father Mark Bernhard this morning that are going to help us look at our own lives and grow in holiness, maybe do a little bit of examination about where we are in our relationship with our Lord. So that is what's on tap today. Of course, the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Catequiz, uh, Weather, Saint of the Day, Good Morning Music. It's all, it's all there this morning for you. So that's what we're going to be looking at. You know, I do want to say this today. We talk about growing in holiness each and every day here on the show, and I just want to acknowledge that some days it's just hard. And I'm reminded of Peter in the sixth chapter of John's Gospel, where the, the Bread of Life discourses happen, the teaching on the Eucharist, and many walk away sad because they found the teaching hard. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, what about you? Are you going to go? And he says, Lord To whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. And, you know, if you're ever having one of those days where you're you're in Peter's shoes saying, look, this is difficult. This is tough. um, But what's the alternative? You know, only our Lord, only he has the words of everlasting life. I do not. You know, you're not alone in that. Some days it's just hard to be holy, but we have to be holy. So hopefully this morning we can encourage one another in that. Let's go to Mike Roberts now for the weather and the saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Angela of the Cross. Born in Spain in 1846, her baptismal name was Maria, and her father, Francesco, and mother, Josefa, had 14 children. Both parents worked at the Trinitarian Monastery, where her father was a cook, and mother a laundress. When she was 16, Maria took a job at a shoe factory that was run by a very holy woman who made sure her employees read the lives of the saints every day and said the rosary. In her mid-teens, she met Father Jose Torres, who became her spiritual director. Father Torres helped her see the needs of the poor and destitute cholera patients who surrounded them and Maria began to care for them. At 19, she tried entering the Discalced Carmelites, but was not healthy enough. Then a few years later, tried to enter the Daughters of Charity, but was rejected again for the same reason. When she was in her late 20s, Maria was in prayer one day when she had a vision of an empty cross 
in front of the one Jesus was hanging on and instantly knew the empty cross belonged to her. She and three other women left the shoe shop, formed a new community called the Sisters of the Company of the Cross, and Maria took the name Angela of the Cross. With Father Torres as their director, Agnes and the sisters lived a contemplative life and cared for the poor. The sisters of the Company of the Cross spread rapidly, and Mother Angela would go on to oversee the institution of 23 convents. She died on this day in 1932. St. Angela of the Cross, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. John Seeds is someone who's been by Covenant Network many times, and we're happy to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven, John. Happy Lent to you. Happy Lent to you, Adam. It's great to be here. You know, we were talking about what we would discuss on the show today, and then you said you had inspiration as you were driving down Hampton Avenue. I did. I did have inspiration driving down Hampton Avenue, is that there's a church here at the corner uh, down the street, and the sign said, God's love is not Lent, quote-unquote, it's given. And that inspired me in the sense that Lent is one of the most important seasons in my mind. Not only do I maybe trim off a little bit of weight and give up a few things, but it helps me to realize all the things that are preventing me from being closer to our Lord and Our Lady, for that matter. Yeah, it really is a a wonderful season. More than just fish fries and going to Stations of the Cross on Friday night, which, by the way, I just want to say, you can go to Stations of the Cross Every day of Lent, you could go to Stations of the Cross every day of the year. You could pray them every Friday throughout the year. And did you know that in the season of Lent, if you make the Stations of the Cross, you just go to the church and you walk along the 14 stations and make the Stations of the Cross under the usual conditions of making a sacramental confession, Mm -hmm. receiving our Lord and Holy Communion, praying for the intentions of the Pope, and being detached from all sin— you can receive a plenary indulgence. And even if you don't meet all of those conditions, uh, if you have the intention to do it and you don't satisfy all the conditions, you can receive a partial indulgence just for praying the stations of the cross. So a little a little Lenten diversion there <laughs> to uh, help get some of that temporal punishment for sin taken care of. But, John, I mean, it, it really is. Lent is a season that sometimes we take for granted. It is. And we have a men's group that's doing uh, the Exodus 40 at uh, Immaculate Conception Darden Prairie. And... This group is really trying to get back some of the things that we've lost in that, again, over the course of the years or year, uh, ordinary time, we tend to take on certain things or have things that get in our way and distract us. So this E40 that we're doing is helping to offer, it's more than just offering up meals, it's really looking at prayer time, really making that dedicated holy hour, really getting some exercise, I mean, things that are supposed to really bring us back to what we were called to be. Now, we had um, Exodus 90 on before Exodus 90 started back in January, so it's been a while. E40 is somewhere in between what most of us have done for Lent in the past and the extremely wonderful things, but I mean extreme things that guys do in Exodus 90, which you've done Exodus 90 before. I have done Exodus 90 before. So walk us through E40. What what are you doing this Lent, or what are, what's a, a typical guy doing E40 going to be taking on this Lent? Yeah, so E40 is really to help give guys not the necessarily the extremity of Exodus 90. It uses the same app and the same readings and some of the same things that they encourage you to do. But you don't have to do the cold showers if you don't want to. And But it's really helping guys get into small groups within their parishes 
and come up with the why. Why would I even want to go down a path of E40? I mean, why do I want to have to give all this stuff up or take all this stuff on? And a lot of us guys are saying we want to get not only closer to our Lord, closer with each other as brothers, but also closer with our families. So spending more time with our wife and children. So we then create a why statement, and then how are we going to accomplish that? So it's just, we want to keep it simple. Two or three things that you're going to do that's going to really help bring you closer closer to God, like I've said before. So some of the things that, that I'm doing are, are really simple. Getting, getting more exercise, so dedicated walking time, uh, praying the rosary with the family on Sundays is something that we're really trying to harken back to because, you, again, your life tends to get pretty busy with certain things, so really trying to, to hammer down and create a dedicated time and just uh, dedicating a, an hour of prayer, so really getting my holy hour set straight. And then that's that's all you necessarily have to do within that element. But if you want to do the no, – we're also doing no snacks in between, trying to fortify that type of stuff for your body. But I found just within the first week, one, my tendency to snack, the power of the food over your mind and your will – and it's interesting in our readings this past Sunday in that the Lord gives us the remedy of how to combat that fasting. And when you're tempted, you can use Scripture to combat that temptation. And we tend to forget our Scripture verses in that time of temptation, and we tend to go down the path of once I start to consider that temptation, you're pretty much already gone. All right. Well, I'd like to talk with you about fasting, but we're going to take a break for our radio listeners. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. A prayer for greater love of Jesus. O my Jesus, thou knowest well that I love thee, but I do not love thee enough. O grant that I may love thee more. O love that burnest ever and never failest, my God, thou who art charity itself, enkindle in my heart that divine fire which consumes the saints and transforms them into thee. Amen. May the sacred heart of Jesus be loved in every place. And we're back. You're listening to Roadmap <laughs> to Heaven. Here we're talking with John Seeds today about the season of Lent. And before the break, John, we were going into a little bit of a discussion about fasting. And I know that um, as a kid and even into high school, I used to dread fasting mm-hmm. and, and penance because it's like, Oh, it's so hard. There was nothing. It's kind of like wanting Chick-fil-A on Sundays. Or, or, you know, I never wanted a sandwich with lunch meat on it as bad as I wanted it on a Friday night of Lent, right? Right. And uh, so then when we talk about adding extra things like holy hours and intentionally, you know, we pray our daily rosary, but trying to find the time to pray that with our families, which is a good thing we should be doing, making a holy hour, reading scripture, exercising. Where am I going to find the time for this? Can I do all of this? And, you know, you throw me out in the desert for 40 days and say, you know, if you want, I'll turn these stones into bread. I'm not on the gluten-free diet, and I'm probably going to be really tempted to say, you know, give me the carbs, bring them over. I mean, have you seen me? I, I, I'm not going to do well with it. So what have you found to be the keys for being successful in your fasting? You mentioned Scripture. Um, that's one thing I want to ask. How can we go deeper with Scripture in this? But what else are the keys? I, one of the biggest keys for me is actually having a solid plan and really, really sticking to that. So not wavering from day to day, but really setting the day's agenda before mm-hmm. of what am I going to eat, parsing that out, and, and what can I eat? So when and what. Uh, 
So for a lot of our fasting, we're, we're taking it up a notch in the sense that we can have, you know, one full meal a day and two small um, meals that don't equal that full one on Wednesdays and Fridays. And then you can have a normal uh, healthy meals for the rest of the week uh, with no snacking in between. But I found that the biggest plan is, one, that's, it's, a, it's a lie in our head to think that we don't have time to do this stuff. It's actually amazing the amount of time that we have, and we just don't do a good job of planning yeah, our my, days accordingly. My phone tells me every Sunday morning how much time I've wasted in the week on my phone, <laughs> on your, and yeah. I always try to get that number to go down. Right. So the amount of time we're spending on our phones is, is time for prayer. The amount of time that we're spending watching television or movies or sports, time for prayer, doing something different, or praying with the family, or there's your exercise time. So it really is reorienting all of that free time that you don't think you have that you really do and and cataloging that and making more of an intent. And it really is all about intention. I mean, w- when you think about your job or you think about, I think about mine, mm-hmm. I, I do a really good job when I've really planned everything out the way that I need to, the things I need to get done, do my list and start checking that off. When you're really intentional, you, you're amazed at how much you can accomplish in a very short amount of time and then God gives you even more time than you think. That's the the beauty of it is that 24 hours in a day, you, you realize yeah. that it doesn't feel like that when you when God gives you the extra time that you don't think is around. It just happens. Yeah, I, I love the idea of just going in with a solid plan and having it. You know, I, I'm a calendar-driven person during my work week, everything, even my commute. Like after we finish this interview, I have to go do another interview, and I put the drive time on my calendar to make sure that I would allow time for driving. Why not do that with prayer? Why not say, this is the time I'm going to get up and exercise. This is the time I'm going to pray this with my family. This is the time I'm going to go make my holy hour, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Now, the planning is incredibly helpful. But at a certain point, I would imagine, especially with the fasting and, and the meals especially, there are days that you say, I cannot wait for this E40 to be over because what <laughs> I wouldn't give for a candy bar right now or a little bag of chips or something to just kind of yeah. lift me up. So in those moments, what do you do when, you, when you're having that craving, that temptation? You know you're not going to break your fast because you've committed, right. but boy, do you want to break that fast. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, that's when you have to recognize where you, where you are even in, in the environment. So if you're near the vicinity of that kitchen, you probably need to go somewhere in some other room or just get out of the situation entirely. Uh, usually those, those temptations for me happen at night, usually when everybody's in bed and then you think, oh, there's a little bit of freedom here in that I can snack on something while I'm reading, or something like that. Uh, usually once that happens, it's put the book away, turn the light out, and it's probably time to go to bed. And so for me, it's it's really praying in temptation. You can reach out to your network. That's also a very positive thing to do is to text the guys and say, hey, getting hit up right now to break the fast. Normally that's enough just to get your mind reoriented yeah. because once you start debating with the temptation – you're done. Yeah. And and that's a Father Mike Schmitz actually hit that on a homily this past Sunday, which is one don't even start contemplating the temptation. Hit it with a scripture verse and sort of run as opposed to just standing and saying well, okay, I'll, I'll entertain that idea for a little bit longer. Before you know it, you're eating a bag of chips. Yeah, we've had several guests on the show, especially some really good priests who have said it's not about, I'm going to do this on my own, I'm going to fight Satan's yeah. temptation. It's about, I'm going to draw near to the Father who is going to fight the devil. And if I'm close to the Father, I mean, we just heard it in uh, Psalm 91 this past weekend in, in the antiphons in the ordinary form, uh, or as a lot of us know it as that, that song on eagle's wings. But mm-hmm. uh, 
under the shadow of his wings. You know, I'll find my protection. Not not out there on my own. And I absolutely love that you said go to bed because uh, what, what was the old saying? Early to bed, early to rise nice. makes one healthy, wealthy, and wise. And it really is. How many of us, especially men, give in to temptations late at night when we're tired and no one's watching and no one's around and no one's going to see if I watch this movie <laughs> or go to this website. My wife's asleep. Right. Everybody's gone. And it's like, no, turn it off. Go to bed. End of story. Get up the next morning and then be holy again. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, John, I want to thank you for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven today, and thank you for uh, being a, a, another one of our for our radio listeners. We're, we're trying to build up our YouTube channel here and put a lot of awesome. our interviews on YouTube. And so, I don't know if this segment's going to make it to YouTube because we're still learning some of the settings of the equipment. We're a radio station, not a video <laughs> station, but hopefully, we'll have it out there for you. John Seeds, thank you so much for being with us. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Prayer to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. O Mother of Perpetual Help, grant that I may ever invoke thy most powerful name, which is the safeguard of the living and the salvation of the dying. O purest Mary, O sweetest Mary, let thy name henceforth be ever on my lips. Delay not, O blessed Lady to help me whenever I call on thee. For in all my needs, in all my temptations, I shall never cease to call on thee, ever repeating thy sacred name, Mary, Mary. We pause on this Thursday for the Daily Dose of Encouragement. This week, Patty Schneier is helping us restore a proper sense of sin in our lives. It's something that we have to do so that we can see why we need a Savior and see the love of God for us. And Patty, what do you have in store today? All right, well, first I think I need at this point in the week to just say that when I'm talking about a proper sense of sin and and learning to hate sin, I need to do this in my life first. I need a Savior. I'm not giving encouragement for other people only. I'm really taking this to prayer and have taken this to prayer and realize how important it is to do this in my own spiritual life. So that's the only reason I'm offering any suggestion to anybody else. Because trust me, I have a plank in my own eye, and I'm not trying to just put out the spat in yours. Well, let me just say that. But in looking at sin, if I realize how in my own life it has made me stupid, in my own life I've done some really dumb things because of sin, that helps me to learn how why I hate sin, or I look at the consequences of sin in the world, and that helps me to hate sin. So another thing that we can do to help us grow in our proper sense of sin is to confront the lie, and all of us have done this, we've bought this little bitty lie that my sin, this sin, that sin won't really hurt anyone, that no one's going to know, that my secret is safe. We buy the lie that, you know, no harm, no foul. This little thing really, really isn't going to hurt anybody, and it's not going to hurt myself. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. If it is a sin, it is something that we know that the church has said it is sinful. And we know in our conscience that it's sinful. There is no such thing as a private sin that does not hurt someone. Example, a lot of people think that their sins are secret. And I'm going to throw out, again, some ones that, that maybe are big. But if you think about someone who is is looking at pornography again and again and again and again, and we know that that's sinful, but things start to unravel. Things don't work out. Things are going to take a turn in your life or in your marriage because God's way is is not stressful and complicated and secretive. 
And that's what sin leads us to do. Even those secret sins, it will complicate our life. Things become stressful. Where God's way is very simple. Love God, love neighbor. Thou shalt not commit adultery, period. So take a look. I just use that as one example. But just take a look and see in your life. And I have to take a look and see in my life where things have become complicated. And then ask God for the grace to reveal any sin that's causing it. And have the humility to run to our Lord in the sacrament of reconciliation and ask for the grace to untwist the lie that this sin can't be hurting anybody, that I'm not really hurting anybody when I do this, because that's a lie, and we need to recognize the lie. Patty, I've been right there where you're saying today that it starts with something small, no harm, no foul, and it just compounds and compounds and compounds. And before you know it, I feel like that guy at the circus who's spinning all of the plates, and there's no way I'm going to be able to keep everything up in the air. It's going to come crashing down eventually, and the easiest thing is just to avoid the plates in the first place. As we wrap up today, I want to turn to an article that was in the National Catholic Register recently. In fact, it was a reprint from a March 4th, 2019 article at the National Catholic Register by Joseph Pronichin. So in the register, and I think they still have this up, it was four ways to gain a plenary indulgence daily during Lent. And so we kind of talked about one earlier, but I do want to mention the uh, praying of the Stations of the Cross. I have not read anything that says you can't get this indulgent outside of the season of Lent. But what it does say is we have to make the Stations of the Cross along with the normal conditions for plenary indulgence. And so we have to go. We actually have to walk 14 stations, whether it's in church or in at outdoor stations. Um, but we have to make that procession. Now, sometimes, you know, if you go on Friday night, tomorrow night after the fish fry, and you go to bank stations across, there might be a lot of you there, and it's not going to be possible for all of you to walk around the church making the 14 stations. There is an allowance that if the person leading the stations, perhaps accompanied by two servers, so if it's father and two servers, or the deacon and two servers, but if the person leading goes from station to station and everyone else stays in the pew for logistics sake, that's okay. And there's also a provision, if you physically can't make the way of the cross by walking to each one, either in a church or outdoors, uh, the, the manual says, those legitimately impeded can acquire the same indulgence if they spend some time, at least a quarter of an hour, in reading and meditating on the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so, the normal conditions for receiving an indulgence we talked about before, you have to make a sacramental confession. They give us this window of 40 days, as Father Wade likes to tell us, 20 before, 20 after. But you have to make a sacramental confession. You have to receive Holy Communion on the day of the indulgence work. You have to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. And that can be as simple as praying an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be for the intentions of the Holy Father. Now, also, other works you can do. The rosary. You can do this one every day. Devoutly recite the Marian rosary in a church or oratory or in a family, a religious community, or an association of the faithful, and in general, when several of the faithful gather for some honest purpose, states the Manual of Basic Ways. Uh, so, you know, in a church or in an oratory or family, stay after Mass, pray the rosary, pray the rosary with your family, pray the rosary with your friends. Uh, but you have to pray all five decades at once. You don't have to pray all 20 decades, all four sets of mysteries at once. But so today, if you're going to be praying the Luminous Mysteries, today on this Thursday, you have to pray all five at once. You can't do two, 
Go do something else and then come back later and pray the other three. Third work, Eucharistic adoration. Visit the Blessed Sacrament for adoration lasting at least half an hour. And the fourth is reading or listening to sacred scriptures. Read the scriptures as spiritual reading from a text approved by a competent authority and with the reverence due to the divine word for at least half an hour. If the time is less, the indulgence will be partial. If you're saying, well, what, what do you mean competent authority? You know the easiest way to do it, New American Bible, or go to the USCCB's website and read the scriptures direct from their website. Now, you might be saying, Adam, I don't know. You know, you mentioned I have to be fully detached from sin to get a plenary indulgence. You know, and again, we're talking about temporal remission uh, or remission from the temporal punishment for sin. I have to be fully detached from sin. I have to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. I have to go to confession and I have to receive Holy Communion on the day of the indulged work. And you have to intend to do it. You can't be like, oh, you know, I happen to do all this today. I, I got a plenary indulgence. You know, you have to say, I'm doing this work for the sake of obtaining an indulgence, right? Um, you might say, what if I'm not fully detached? What if I have a little doubt? You know, did I, did I pray sufficiently? Look, if you do the things that are required for the indulgence, even if you don't get a plenary indulgence. Are you really going to turn down a partial indulgence? Are you really going to turn down partial remission? I mean, name one of my kids that if I say, you have to go to timeout for five minutes because you just hit your sister. And then three minutes in said, you know, if you stop and you say these prayers, I'm not going to let you out of the full five minutes, but I'm going to let you out of two of them. They do it. And I would too. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, somewhere out there, there's someone who's saying, Adam, you could have done a better job of explaining indulgences. You left this out. Maybe you didn't say that. You know what? Sometimes it can be a little confusing. The moral of the story, do the good works. Pray the rosary. Pray the stations. Pray for the Holy Father. Go to confession. Go to Holy Communion and receive Holy Communion and live a life detached from sin. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. This has been Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.